Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. Today I have Mahendra Chauhan with us on Audio Gyan. Mahendra is a head of design at Titan. He did his design from NID and is famous for designing the Titan Edge watch. which is the world's slimmest watch he has won red dot award and many other national and international awards and is india's one of the finest designers with over 12 years of experience in the industry mahendra has indeed taken up the watch industry and the watch design space uh, with a storm and today we are here to discuss more about it so thank you mahendra for giving us your time and welcome to audio gam thank you kedar this is absolutely privilege to be part of this show yeah Thank you, thank you. So, Mahendra, can you tell us uh, what is the brief history of watches across the world? So, yeah, actually, uh, history of watches in India is not that old. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I will take you through global history of timekeeping, mm-hmm. and then we'll come to India. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the first known time-telling device mm. was found in Egypt. Okay, mm-hmm. and that was in Valley of Kings, mm. and it was dated fifteen hundred BC. Okay. So that was a sundial. Mm-hmm. Okay. So sundial is actually shadow clock. Mm. and it requires extreme amount of craftsmanship mm. and very precise knowledge of latitude and longitude mm. to make them work flawlessly mm-hmm. but uh, knowing egyptians and the kind of things which they have done in the past for them it was not a very challenging task mm. so they have mastered this whole art of making sundial mm. okay but it was sundial was having lot of limitations okay you can't see time uh, during cloudy weather mm. or during sea voyages where your coordinates you know kept on changing mm. but in spite of all this mm. sundial was very you know effective tool for time keeping for many centuries okay oh, century. in fact uh, till 14th century to be more precise mm. well 14th century is a century golden century for time keeping i would say that mm-hmm. because this was a century when you know da vinci mm. and lot of creative designers they were experimenting on new kind of machines and mechanisms mm. okay and these guys they were started installing big clocks mm. in the public squares mm. okay so if you visit venice or prague the famous tower clocks mm. are essentially from this time okay. okay so the 14th century is known as a golden century for time keeping mm-hmm. in general so what happened that as time progressed slowly these bigger clocks they have started becoming smaller mm. and uh, more portable and pocket watch was formed mm-hmm. so you can say that it took almost 200 years from those bigger clocks to transform into something which is more smaller into pocket watch format yeah. so as time progressed slowly the bigger clocks have started becoming smaller mm. and portable mm. and pocket watch was born so this is i think 17th century mm-hmm. but kedar you won't believe that till then mm. nobody has ever thought to use these devices on wrist oh, okay? okay so it was only during the first world war mm-hmm. you know early 18th century when these soldiers they started using wrist based devices on the wrist mm. for effective time keeping wrist watch was born mm. so that that's the you know you can say the birth of wrist watches mm. and um, since then you know swiss and german watchmakers they have taken this whole industry to completely new level mm. so they've started uh, investing a lot of money into mechanisms and new functions and rest of all is very known history mm-hmm. now coming back to india mm. well India was heavily dominated by HMT and all winds of the world okay mm. so they were uh, state run companies but 
when 1987 titan was born hmm. titan has changed the watch uh, scene completely mm-hmm. so titan spotted a huge potential in quartz mechanism okay, okay. and um, we've launched our first collection in 1989 hmm. and that was called titan acura okay so acura was uh, inspired from word accurate hmm. and quartz mechanisms were generally more accurate than uh, mechanical watches mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. and that collection has done so well for titan and since then mm-hmm. every year we are launching collections by collection mm-hmm. and now we have a uh, 55% of market share wow that's great <laughs> yeah so um if you can very quickly tell us the difference between the quartz and the mechanical part Uh, a a very for a layman what is the difference between a quartz and a, a mechanical watch so kedar if you see the mechanical watches or automatic watches mm. okay they are highly ornate and mm. they are run by mechanism pure mechanism mm. okay and most of the devices they run by mainspring and rotor okay, okay. while quartz watches mm. they have electronic circuit mm. okay so they are like any other electronic product so there is a pcb and there's a quartz crystal hmm. okay and quartz fre- crystal has a frequency hmm. so it runs on 32678 hertz per second okay oh. so that frequency defines the circuit completes the circuit hmm. so quartz watches are very easy to make it's easy to manufacture and um, probably the uh, battery consumption is also very low mm-hmm. so in that way quartz watches are very mass production friendly mm-hmm. while automatic watches are um, extremely uh, precise mm. in terms of the manufacturing technique but they are also very uh, expensive to make mm-hmm. yeah i think that's why these high end rolex automatic watches are slightly yeah most of the swiss industry you know mm. they work on automatics yeah. yeah luxury watch market is always about automatics mm. so how is a watch designed and manufactured well kedar watches are highly unique products mm-hmm. okay and um, they are the probably only life ticking machine which you wear on your body on a daily basis mm. okay so in that perspective it is extremely important to know especially as a watch designer for whom you're designing for essentially mm. your customer your end customer so as long as you have visibility and understanding of the end customer then the whole design process become much simpler mm. okay but still uh, there are five important pillars which defines most of the design philosophy behind titan watches okay, okay. so they are you can very well say that they are uh, strength of titan their design philosophy of titan in that way so first and foremost is the concept of desirability okay okay so our watches have to be desirable enough to be picked from the stores where hundreds of other watches correct of competitors also displayed in full glory hmm. okay so the desirability quotient of the watches hmm. should be really high Mm. So this is the fundamental principles on which we work with. Mm. Sorry, I'll cut you here. Uh, these fundamental principles are from a designer standpoint or from a overall company standpoint. From overall company part. Okay. Standpoint. Oh, yeah. Okay. Continue. Yeah. Second thing is about functionality. Mm. Okay. So watches should not be just a piece of art. Mm. They have a purpose to serve. Okay. The fonts, the typefaces which we use, they have to be legible. Mm. Form has to be ergonomic. Watch should hug the wrist very well. watch should serve the purpose of time telling mm. okay so these are the fundamental functionality which we don't compromise in mm. terms of watches third and in fact one of the very important thing with respect to the tata group it's about concept of authenticity okay, okay? so our watches have to be authentic 
So be it in terms of design details or the service which we offer or the material which we source or the kind of finish, non-toxic plating which we use, authentic design details are must for all our watches. Mm-hmm. So I think this is one of the really important uh, principle behind Titan uh, watches. Mm. Fourth pillar is about dynamism. And uh, our watches have to be dynamic in character because if you see time is very dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's always moving. It's always ticking. So we have defined it as a fundamental pillar of our design philosophy. Mm-hmm. Fifth, and I think this is the most important principle in a way, is about concept of expressiveness. Okay? okay. Because we just don't design watches. We design watches which narrate a story. So every watch of the particular collection should narrate a story to consumer. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the concept of expression okay, via product is very important for us. Mm. So concept of expressiveness is very important part of our design philosophy. So so these are the fundamental five principles mm. which define most of our watches. Mm. In terms of manufacturing, I think the whole expanse is wide and open. Okay, mm. You will have watches which are handmade, hand polished, while on other hand, you'll, you'll have watches which are made in five axis CNC machines and even polishing is done by robotic hands. Mm. So it all depends depends upon what kind of uh, money which you are putting behind the watch. Mm. But the thumb rule is the more expensive the watch, more it will celebrate craftsmanship. Mm. Craftsmanship of technology, craftsmanship of uh, finishing. Uh, but in general, okay, most of the watches, they are made by forming. Mm. So you take a steel or metal blank and you know you have to go with forming of multiple times to mm. get the uh, desired look. And every watch goes in multiple stages of operation mm. and multiple stages of finishing before it comes on your wrist. Mm. That That's very interesting. And uh, so w- what are the nuances which make then each watch different? Like as you mentioned just now about the craftsmanship, are there any more uh, parameters on which uh, each watch is uniquely identified or uh, fits a particular segment or what? It, what how does that work ex- exactly? Well, Kedar watch is made of four different components. Mm. Okay. So you'll have a bezel ring with a glass, mm. either mineral or sapphire. Mm. Then you have a case, okay, which contains essentially your mechanism, hands and dial. And this is a very important part of the watch. Yeah. Then you have a back cover. Okay? okay. So back cover is the closure of the container. Okay. And it uh, helps you to make water uh, resistant watches, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm. And the lastly, you will have leather or metal bracelet, mm. okay, which completes the overall look. So these four components defines the watch. Mm. But there are four external factors, okay? They define the differentiation which we can offer in the watch. Okay. okay. So we call it as a quadrant of design differentiation. Mm-hmm. Okay. First and foremost is the consumer profiling. Mm. Okay. Consumer profiling is very important to define the form language of the watch. Mm. Okay. Um, I'll give you an example like uh, a watch designed for a traveler Mm. would be very different from a watch which is designed for an athlete. Mm. Okay. Similarly, a watch designed for a scuba diver Mm. would be really different from a watch designed for a bike rider or people who love biking. Mm. Okay. So the the needs of the consumer or the desires of the consumer makes a completely different form language of the watch. Mm. Okay, so consumer profiling is an extremely important part of design differentiation. Mm. Second part is the mechanism. 
ओके सो मैकेनिज्म इज द कोर ऑफ द वॉच ओके इट इज इट इज द मोटर विच ड्राइव द वॉच एसेंशली सो फंडामेंटली देर थ्री काइंड ऑफ मैकेनिज्म ओके सो देर इज अटोमेटिक मैकेनिज्म ऑटोमेटिक और मैकेनिकल यू कैन से दैट सेकेंड इज द कॉर्ड्स थर्ड इज द स्मार्ट मॉड्यूल और स्मार्ट मैकेनिज्म ओके सो स्मार्ट मॉड्यूल इज द लेटेस्ट एंट्री इन टू द सिस्टम वॉट इज मोर इम्पॉर्टेंट फॉर अस is to figure out what function these mechanisms are going to serve okay okay like do you want a watch which will have 1 by 100 seconds of chronograph with the tachymeter function mm-hmm. or will it be uh, a watch which will just measure your activity and give you probably heart rate mm. or do you want a watch which is just a plain three hand and uh, everything there's no there's no other detail in it okay mm. uh so there are hundreds of mechanisms which can be used modified or customized to define the look of the watch mm. so mechanism plays a very important role in differentiating any design mm. okay third point is that design character itself okay? okay so it is the strongest element which help us to differentiate one watch from another this is also designer's play field okay, okay. Mm-hmm. so uh, product semantics plays very important role the kind of line curve geometry proportion you know uh, texture whatever you use mm. it helps us to differentiate one watch from another mm-hmm. okay so design character is the is the core of uh, you know watch design in mm-hmm. general mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. last but very important is the price point okay oh, because okay. price point can define or dictate form language okay mm-hmm. so what kind of module which i am going to use what kind of finishing which i am going to propose in the watch in fact the kind of material which will offer mm-hmm. or the production methods everything is governed by you know hard reality of price point mm-hmm. so price point also is one major design differentiator mm-hmm. so these fundamentally there are four design differentiator mm-hmm. so you will have price point then there's a mechanism then there's a design character mm-hmm. and the most important is the consumer profile mm-hmm. which help us to define you know every every new design you know in a very interesting way mm-hmm. so uh, i'm i'm just curious to ask you here uh, and earlier also as you mentioned that uh, the craftsmanship or those also define the uh, define the price point so from a manufacturer standpoint uh, these things are very clear but what the manufacturer thinks is is it being represented in a showroom where the people go and buy watches are people really sensitive to go in for a particular segment or they are just like as price point only like how sensitive are uh, general buyers also to these things so kedar so, uh, it all depends upon people to people you know mm-hmm. so there are certain people who are really sensitive about design details mm-hmm. okay so they will not compromise on mm-hmm. various parameters mm-hmm. while for some i think the price point is the only differentiator which matters mm-hmm. so it it's complete depend upon you know what kind of price segments you operate with mm-hmm. but in general i've seen in india people are evolving towards uh, uh, design sensibility mm-hmm. so you will have set of people who are really appreciative of such kind of design details yeah but the the reason main reason for people to become sensitive is also the manufacturers and the the service providers who are crafting it in yes. a certain way that the people see the difference and then value yes. it yes right yeah yeah um so going back a bit and trying to ask you again what are the challenges while building a watch i mean i would like to just have a comparison between uh, what was what were the challenges maybe 20 years back and now with the new um 
like technology empowerment what is what are the new challenges well 20 years ago i was not in watch industry so my perception might not be that correct mm. but if i would imagine a scenario uh, then probably that was the world when um, internet was just starting up mm. and um, you know google was not even born mm. and computers were big and bulky mm. processing speed was super slow mm. and uh, in terms of manufacturing i think uh, cnc machines were very far and fewer okay, okay. so so clearly that was a very different world mm. okay but with respect to watch mm. or if you see a watch perspective that world was very unique and very nice mm. because there were hardly any products which would show you time mm. so there were no mobile phones and uh, there's no laptops or pdas so watch was having monopoly of time okay mm. and it was considered to be one of the really prized position you know people used to enjoy owning the watch mm. so watch was enjoying that uh, cult in that way now in current situation mm. in current context uh, time is everywhere mm. okay you don't need a watch to see a time mm. okay so it's very important for a watch designer or watch industry in general to recraft the whole watch proposition mm. in a way so that we can attract younger clients to our cust- to to our store mm. essentially so uh, having said that it's it's not that people are not buying the watches mm. okay you know titan is selling close to uh, 15 million watches every year okay. and our growth rate is also pretty high so people are still buying the watches mm. but i think the purpose of purchase mm. has changed drastically mm. so you don't buy a watch for seeing that time you buy a watch because it completes your look because the fashion statement is more of fashion accessory mm. so for us i think the other challenge is to figure out uh, newer consumer insights mm. okay and newer use cases you know which can you know bring younger audience uh, in a very great way to the watch buying uh, uh, space mm-hmm. can you also briefly tell us what like how was the or in in form of a case study like how was titan edge as a watch evolved or what were the constraints and how did you come about it like a form of a case study in a nutshell so well uh, see titan edge is the slimmest watch in the world mm. okay mm. so mechanism is just 1.1 mm thick mm. okay so it's is that that thin mechanism mm. okay so the challenges were to craft a watch and you know propose to consumer essentially and give all the design details mm. while respecting the thinness of the mechanism Correct. okay so the first watch which we launched okay that is uh, the first edge this was just 3.6 mm okay wow. So imagine the mechanism itself is a 1.1 mm mm. and the overall dial strap hands and everything all put together the case was just 3.7 mm mm-hmm. okay so that so that was the i think biggest manufacturing challenge uh in terms of giving the correct design tolerances you know still giving the look of the watch which people will appreciate mm. while retaining the slimness but problem with that mechanism that that mechanism torque was not that big okay okay so torque is the is the is, is actually a function which drives the hand mm-hmm. okay so if your torque is not that big mm. then your hands will be slightly smaller mm. okay so what we noticed few years back the people are looking for a bigger watches okay? okay so the moment you go for a bigger watches obviously smaller hands might not look nice mm. okay mm. so with the edge skeletal which we launched few years back we have crafted a new construction which is a case in case construction mm. where two cases are joined together 
and mechanisms are held with two sapphire glass okay so that was very unique construction mm. so in that way we have respected the torque of the movement and still given a user a option of buying a slightly bigger watch so that was the red dot uh, award which we got for the um, mm. that skeletal watch skeletal mm. edge watch mm-hmm. superb so with the new technology coming in watches uh, like i i've seen few of the ted talks where ken robinson was uh, narrating a story where he said that his his daughter i think said what a useless watch it just shows time uh so yeah the question is geared towards that that with the new technology coming in and um like the watch having just two simple functions is perceived to be a useless watch right so um say for example also when the apple watch came in like rolex who have probably just uh, ruled the entire world came down to like second or third position in the best watches uh thing so uh, how you as a designer or engineers working in this domain are uh, gearing up for these challenges and what what is changing in the industry um because of the smart fo- smart watch coming in uh, the picture well kedar i think it's too early to write an obituary uh for these uh, quartz watches mm-hmm. they're humble looking smart quartz watches i think they will survive mm-hmm. uh, it's just a matter of time mm-hmm. um having said that i think wearables are next big thing mm-hmm. we all know mm-hmm. and uh, according to idc which is international data corporation mm-hmm. this year there'll be 2 billion pieces of wearables okay, okay? they'll be shipped from china factories mm. okay so imagine that that kind of number mm. will definitely have some impact on traditional watch market correct but designers and engineers i think they are at slightly comfortable place because uh, they have knowledge of wrist based accessory mm. they have very strong consumer insights okay which they have built over a period of time so it's just a matter of reskilling or upskilling so that's what we are doing at titan we are learning new skills we are upskilling ourselves mm. with respect to interaction design physical computing sensor and electronics pcbs so that we can swing along the smart wave mm. essentially mm-hmm. and um, in fact in titan the line or you can say lines between traditional design disciplines mm. okay they are also blurring very fast mm. so an interaction designer is working with the fashion designer and fashion designer is working with the product designer mm. to recraft the whole watch proposition in a way mm. so that we can you know give consumer a newer product portfolio to choose from mm-hmm. so i think i think we are we are taking all the step to you know swing along the smart wave yeah mm-hmm. so from a design standpoint are there uh, any uh any particular direction you guys are taking towards or is it um more from a engineering standpoint only so i or think or design goes independent anyways no design um, see design is always a, is a purpose purpose driven concept okay mm-hmm. um there have to be function which needs to be served mm. and what happened with smart watches the consumer insight Mm. are very unique okay so people are buying smart watches for some function so mm. either it's for health or or music or so as long as you're justifying that function and crafting a design story around it mm. i think you will survive so i think it's also a matter of choosing the right use cases and use scenarios mm. so um, i think we are crafting the whole story based on the emerging use cases and use scenarios mm-hmm. interesting uh So Mahendra I would like to conclude with uh, one last question I think uh, you have 
touched upon this answer to a certain extent but just to uh, reinforce or just to understand better uh, what like why are watches so expensive uh, like sorry excuse me for this question but it's a very uh, question which is very close to my heart and want to get different insights into it so why are watches so expensive if all of them show the same time right <laughs> yeah that, that's <laughs> it, it, it may sound very stupid question but uh, i am i'm hoping to get some radical uh, differences between uh, two different watches one being uh, yeah so so i think that's an interesting question mm. but fact of the matter is that none of the watchmakers mm. okay they are selling time okay and mm. that that's the irony of being in watch industry mm. we are not selling time mm. luxury watchmakers are selling craftsmanship mm. uh, where you know individual watch case takes multiple weeks to get assembled mm. where movement takes multiple months to get ready mm. where dial and finishes are done by world's best artist and craftsperson mm. where you know polishing of the case mm. is done by people who have spent their entire life polishing micro objects okay mm. and still their hands don't even sway a single mm, mm. okay so clearly we are not selling time mm. we are selling something more big we are selling something more precious uh we are selling something which you can pass on to next generation mm. okay yeah so that's why the luxury watch watch watches are expensive and mm-hmm. they also tell time mm-hmm. so i think the whole proposition is very different yeah mm, yeah yeah that's wonderful yeah um so mahendra i think uh, this is it uh, that's that's all uh, i had thought of obviously there are thousands of things to be explored further and maybe we can have another gan session just to um uh, uh ponder more upon like one watch and how like how detail you can go into it and what are the those micro mm differences which are there definitely definitely so, kedar yeah, i think yeah. it's pleasure it was pleasure talking to you yeah so i think yeah this is a good note to end this thank you once again for giving us your time and it was real fun talking to you thank, thank you. you thank you and that's it from today's gyan session catch us on itunes savan stitcher or any podcasting app you use Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Stay tuned for more gyan on audiogyan.com. Till then, bye.